It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Introducing Royal Caribbean's newest ship, Icon of the Seas, the ultimate family vacation. The ultimate six slides, eight neighborhoods, zero compromise vacation. The ultimate never done that, can't wait to do it vacation. The ultimate chillin' by a different pool every day of the week vacation. This is the Icon of Vacations. Icon of the Seas, arriving in 2024. Book today. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. We've got Tom Luganbill, National College Football Analyst with ESPN. He joins us on the Out of Bounds Show and the Farm Bureau Insurance Guest Line. We're live right now on YouTube. You can watch the show, search Out of Bounds Sports. And your SEC Insider Hit this morning is brought to you by Blue Cross, Blue Shield of Mississippi. It's good to be blue. The official health care provider of the Out of Bounds Show. Tom Luganbill had a really good game on Saturday. Wasn't sure that was going to happen when Michael Pratt, when it was announced that he would not play the uh, fantastic quarterback at Tulane. But they took it all the way through the last couple minutes of the game before Ole Miss pulled away. Tom Luganbill, uh, I didn't think that Ole Miss should have been, uh, I guess, stretched and taken all the way to the wire the way they were. What did you make of the Ole Miss offensive line on Saturday? Well, I'll tell you, I, I, my assessment of it is probably similar to what uh, Lane Kiffin's assessment is, and that they got physically whipped. And, um, and, and I think you can actually say that about both lines of scrimmage. Uh, Tulane is no fluke. They are no joke. Um, they've got a handful of guys on both sides of the line of scrimmage that are going to probably play at the next level. Now, they may not be household names, but Ole Miss found out real quick. And it was one of those games where by halftime, Lane Kiffin was so frustrated. And I had asked him, I said, you know, how surprised are you that you're, you know, unable to stop the run? He goes, not as surprised as our inability to not run it ourselves. You know, I mean, they just could not get Quinshaw Judkins going. Line of scrimmage was was being played on their side of the, of the line of scrimmage. Uh, outside of the opening series, Jackson Dart, for the most part, was disrupted and, and, and off schedule. And really, it, it came. It was interesting because that game, I think, it was twenty four to twenty with four minutes to go, and Ole Miss has the ball, and it's fourth and two within field goal range, and Lane decides to go for it. He probably could have kicked the field goal and came up with a way of winning the game. But he decides to go for it, and Jackson Dart makes this play off the edge that was sensational. He makes a free rush for miss. If he doesn't make that guy miss, he's sacked, and the ball's turned over on downs, and Tulane gets it. He makes a miss, 
finds Michael Tree uh, streaking across to the to the far sideline, and just throws a strike to the kid. And it was it was a fantastic play. It really kind of changed the last four minutes of the game. Yes, and got Ole Miss on track. But uh, I'll tell you this: if Michael Pratt had played, might have seen a much different outcome in that game because the one thing Tulane didn't have that they are so good at is quarterback run stuff. They just they didn't have it because the backup, as well as he played, that's not his game. Uh, so now, you know, Ole Miss, you're right, in the trenches, they did not look good. Dart bailed them out. Uh, I thought Wade's catch may have been also the, the catch of the game. Um, yeah, very good catch. Yeah, uh, that was incredible. And with Trey Harris going out, and I don't know how long he's out, but with Trey Harris, let's just say he's out for a little bit of time. And now I'm going to reference some guys. They're all different stylistically, but they're good. Okay. And let's take AJ Brown out. He's a unicorn, but Elijah Moore. Um, Oh, Cody core at a boy Joe DeMarcus Lodge type players. Um, mm-hmm. I don't see it, Tom, uh, as far as their wide receivers. Do you? Well, they've got a young guy. He played against Mercer. He didn't play really against, uh, Tulane. His name's Aiden Williams. And he was an Under Armour All-American for us. He reminds me an awful lot of what A.J. Green looked like for Georgia when he was a freshman. Wow. Where he kind of saw spot duty and then got brought along, brought along, brought along, and got more and more time and got better and better. But that's the type of skill set he brings. I think it will be time for him now to have more of an integral role. Now, obviously, he's a freshman, but he had a fantastic camp. I was actually surprised we didn't see more of him uh, on Saturday. Uh, but he may be a guy to keep an eye out uh, at the wide receiver spot for them. Uh, so I, I hear from people that after September, you are what you are. That this, we, we, okay. we, we've told people for years, teams get better. And every now, every now and then we can, we can hold on to one team in college football, like Florida State last year, Tom, that made a run the last mm-hmm. six games of the year. But for sure. the most part, you are what you are after those however many games you get in September, four or five, all right? I don't know if you believe that, but it is the one position that can get really tuned up because maybe just about 90% of these players and units all around the country are what they are. I don't know. But is offensive line because it's so difficult to play and it's so technical and the development and all of that, is that the one position where maybe you can see a jump in the next two, three, four, five weeks, Tom? Absolutely, especially if you've got some new faces or younger players. And I actually, to be honest with you, I'll, uh, I'll reference the XFL this past spring. Uh, the offensive line play in the first two to three weeks across the league is like, oh, goodness, oh, my goodness, you know, and there's no preseason games and, you know, you have a short training camp. And then all of a sudden, from about week five to the end of the season, it was a totally different scenario for just about every team I covered. And that is just – that is the ultimate we-need-to-gel-together position, group, as a group. And you're going to have to play a lot of people. It's not going to be ideal, for example, against Southern Miss this past weekend – uh, two starters in the offensive line were out for Florida State. They had to play two other guys. They had to move one guy out of a position and move him inside, move another guy over to that other guy's position, and you just got to figure out a way to to make it work. Now, your comments, in my opinion, about you kind of are what you are, I do think there's truth and validity to that. 
But I also don't know if you know quite who you are, depending upon who those teams are you're playing in the first four weeks, right? So, you know, Texas probably knows a little bit more than Syracuse does who played Colgate in Western Michigan, right? Florida State knows a little bit who, more about who they are um, because of, of who they've played. You know, Wake Forest played Vanderbilt in, in Elon. So I think if, if you've been challenged early, it benefits you as, as, a, as a football program. If you haven't, you still might not know some things you're going to find out when, you, when, when things start getting ramped up. I mean, that's, that's going to happen to Colorado here in the next couple of weeks. And, and when all of a sudden they start hitting that Pac-12 slate, um, they're going to know even more about who they are. Tom Luganville on the Farm Bureau Insurance guest line. If Quinshawn isn't rolling, this offense can't do what Lane wants it to do. Yes or no? Um, I think they can do what they want to do. I just don't know if they can do it in the style in which he brings, right? Ulysses Bentley is more of your scat back type, right? And Quinshawn can do the scat back stuff, but he can also be – you know, an Ohio State version of Ezekiel Elliott. I mean, he can, he can go right downhill on you in a hurry. Lane said something to me in, in, walking in the locker room at halftime. I found it really interesting. He said, we are not handling movement and various looks up front. He said, it reminds me of the Vanderbilt game last year. So there was something that Tulane, with their pre-snap movement and their alignment and things of that nature, that were really causing problems all day long for, for Ole Miss. So I think a little bit of it, wasn't so much getting Quinshot going. It was that they couldn't get a handle on what was happening in front of him, if that makes sense. And had that been more productive and had that been had better execution, you might have seen more production out of Quinshot Duggan. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. All right. Tom Luganville called the game last weekend, Ole Miss and, and Tulane. Heck of a ball game. So, Haynes King is the starting quarterback at Georgia Tech, my man. And yeah. he's had a couple of good games. I mean, look, I watched that Louisville game. 
they dominated Louisville in the first half, and then Louisville yeah. just flipped the script on Georgia Tech in the second half. And then they played Roast Beef Tech last weekend, and Haynes had a heck of a weekend, like you just referenced with mm-hmm. some of the other teams. So, you know all about Haynes King at Texas A&M. Um, it looks like he's got some skills. What is Ole Miss looking at? I mean, look, they're a 19-and-a-half-point. Let's just go up. They're a 20-point favorite this weekend. Mm-hmm. I think most everybody thinks they'll blow them out. But do you, what do you think with Haynes King and Georgia Tech coming into Oxford? So, you know, I had the Ole Miss-Georgia Tech game last year in Atlanta. And, you know, at this point, it's kind of funny because I actually chuckled with, with Lane in pregame warm-up about this. But at this point, Georgia Tech was literally vomiting all over themselves. They, they, they were horrible. And, and they couldn't do anything right. And on that day... Jackson Dart just made boneheaded decision after boneheaded decision. And I thought, I thought Lane was going to strangle him. Like, and it, to see how far Jackson Dart has come from that Georgia Tech game last year to the Georgia Tech game this year, it, it, it's really a reflection of a kid putting in the time and the competition and warding off Spencer Sanders. He's an entirely different player um, right now. But I also think that Georgia Tech's a different team. Uh, Georgia Tech's more organized. They're probably a little bit more talented. From what I've seen, they are a faster football team. I don't know if they'll make all the self-inflicted wounds that, that they made a year ago. And I think Georgia Tech's aware of all of these things. Haynes King is, can be problematic because he's really athletic. So things don't have to be perfect for him. But I do still believe he has a penchant for every three nice plays he makes, he'll make a boneheaded one. You know, And, and if he does that on the road, those, those plays – can be tough to overcome if the other team is more talented than you. And I think, you know, Old Miss is more talented than, um, than Georgia Tech. Sure. But you know what? As a roster profile, Old Miss is more talented than, than Tulane. Yeah. If you were standing on that field like I was last week, it didn't look like it. So oh. it, it, it comes down to who is ready to play, Bo. It really does. I, I know this is kind of a real messy gray area because I think once you get out of the top, probably 30 to 40 teams. It's yeah. uh, difficult to size this up. How would, and with all the transition and portal, but how would you compare the talent Tulane has to the talent Georgia Tech has, Tom? Oh, um, Tulane may have better offensive skill and better defensive line play. Um, I think overall, top to bottom, given the developmental profile of Tulane's program and the fact that they have the luxury of playing with a lot of redshirt juniors, redshirt seniors, graduate players, they're probably a little more experienced than Tech. If you just said, okay, pure athletes, top to bottom, who maybe has more competitive top-end depth, you might say Georgia Tech, but it could be a toss-up. Like I said, that team last year, I had them in the American Athletic Conference Championship. They took care of business against UCF. They go and they, 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 they take care of SC in the Cotton Bowl. And then they lose their big-time running back, Tajay Spears, to the NFL, two linebackers to the NFL. And I think what's impressive about them is we haven't seen a drop-off. Usually at the group of five level, when something like that happens, it hits you hard. And Tulane looks like they've just kind of took off where they left off. All right, Tom Luganbill on the Farm Bureau Insurance Guest Line, driven by your next Nissan Pathfinder at Canon Nissan in Jackson. 
Let's go to the LSU and Mississippi State. So there's still a lot of unknowns with both teams, but we know that LSU has more talent. Yeah, games in Startable. And uh, but LSU may not be quite as refined as we thought they would be. Now they may be this weekend, or they may be in like when you're blue blood, you can flip it quicker than teams like State and Ole Miss. They well, may be in three weeks. Year. Look what they did last year. Remember, I mean, the game against Florida State, that thing was ugly too. Now it wasn't a blowout like this one, but it right. was ugly. And next thing you know, you turn around, they're one of the hottest teams in America. No doubt, and they beat Bama and all that. So size it up for me. You know, with Brian Kelly and the Tigers coming in to, to Starville, how does Mississippi State extend this thing? And I think they've got to go get them. I think they got to take chances. I think they got to take shots down the field. Arnett has nothing to lose. You're a 10 point underdog. You may see it different. What do you think, Tom Luganville? To be honest with you, I'm looking at to see if, if you, if LSU continues to play sloppy, that's your in if you're Mississippi State. If they make a mistake, you have to capitalize. You have to take advantage of it. You have to put yourself in position where you make fewer errors. So, for example, last week versus Arizona, okay, Mississippi State was terrible on third down on offense. Yes, they were. Three of 11. Three of 11. All right? They had nine penalties, which is is brutal, almost 100 yards. But they outrushed, not in yards, but in rushing attempts, and their average yards per pass attempt was almost 10 yards, and Arizona turned the ball over five times. So it's kind of like which which um, mistake can you overcome? Well, you're not going to overcome five turnovers. You might be over, over and over might be able to overcome the third down conversion thing if you're playing decent defense and you're able to hand the ball off and, 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 and to run the ball a little bit, which which they were able to do versus Arizona. I think it played a it played a role. So I, I think it comes down to protecting the football, limiting mistakes, and, and and if LSU continues to be sloppy, that's your window. Hmm. And it I will be interested to see if they can protect Will Rogers at all and give him Sure. A little bit of time. Arizona was able to put some pressure on him, especially up the middle. And um, obviously, I don't know of a quarterback that likes that. You played quarterback at Georgia Tech. So does anybody <laughs> like pressure straight up the middle? You know, no, if there's one rule, if there's one rule in offensive pass protection, you protect the A-gap to either side of the center first. Priority number one. All right, Tom Luganville on the Farm Bureau Insurance Guest Line. You're listening to Out of Bounds, 105.9 The Zone, ESPN. There is talk that LSU secondary is, while we know they have athletes, not as dominant or elite as it has been at times since all the way back to Saban getting there in 2000. If that is the case, what is your approach with Kevin Barbet this weekend? Well, the problem was, you know, if you go back to the to the Florida State game, I think LSU to some degree underestimated how talented Florida State's skill was. And then obviously you add Keon Coleman to the mix, who was not there last year. And it took them a while to figure out how to deal with him, and they never really came up with an answer. But I think what LSU, the mistake they made against Florida State is they, they didn't do anything to try to disrupt Florida State's flow and, and get them off schedule, which means to me, you got to get in the face of some of these guys sometimes. Sometimes you've got to line up and you've got to press these wide receivers and make them earn it. You can't just give them a free cushion 
if they're good athletes or maybe on par or better than you are, they're going to create separation. If the quarterback gets the ball where it's got to go in the right place, like Jordan Travis did, you're going to be at a disadvantage. I, I kind of felt like LSU didn't do much to try and change things up on the back end. I, I, think, I, got, I think you've got to change the look pre-snap. You've got to press. You've got to bail. Um, force the quarterback to maybe see a bit of a, a cloudier picture. If you're painting a clear picture, then, you know, uh, a, a guy like Will Rogers can pick you apart with his experience. So, you know, force him to maybe have to pause a beat uh, because of a pre-snap alignment or a change post-snap. And uh, the, the LSU knows that they can rush the passer. They know that they've got that caliber of player. Right. And that, more than anything else, that more than anything else is going to help the back end. It's kind of the old adage, pressure bursts the pipe. Well, if, if you can get in the quarterback's face, get him off schedule, get him throwing late or handing, you know, holding onto the ball, then he might throw one up for grabs, and now you're in position to grab it. Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. But if you just let him run free off the line of scrimmage, you're going to have a hard time covering. All right, let's flip it. Mississippi State hasn't find, found their Tyrus Wheat yet. And I don't know if John Lewis is going to be that guy, and and, and we'll see what, what shakes out for them. But Jaden Delora, hurt once he settled down, he really hurt them with his legs, extending plays and and somewhat running the football, especially a couple of runs. You know that Jaden sure. Daniels can run the football. Now, you got two veteran linebackers in Bookie Watson and Jet Johnson also, but the third one that I'm referencing, they're kind of – they're rotating through. That's actually the more athletic position, but not the super seniors that Bookie and Jet bring to the table and the football intellect and, and all of that. So having said that, do you put a spy on him? Uh, do you want to fly, You want to keep him in the pocket? What 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 are Arnett and Matt Brock trying to do with Jaden Daniels? I, I think anytime, anytime you have a quarterback that, number one, is always a threat to take off and run, or number two, is going to be a part of the run game, meaning he's going to have a run package. It's not just going to come from the, the running backs. You have to be able to account for that with a body in the box so that you don't get outnumbered. Now, when you do that, you're, you're putting more of your secondary on an island, right? You're essentially saying, we're not going to allow you to run it, and in order to win this football game, you have to, you have to throw the football to beat us. I don't know if Jane Daniels is at his best in the drop back passing game. That's not to say that he can't be a, a player from the pocket, but I think it has to come off of backfield action. It has to come off of jet sweep action, um, boots or naked that keep you in the pocket or flush you out of the pocket so you can become a, a, a run pass threat. You know, I always go back and forth on the, on the spy element because um, it can be, I think, very useful on – 
certain downs and, and downs where you feel like, okay, we've got them backed up. We're going to play man here, but we cannot allow this guy to break contain, and all of a sudden he's running in the backs of our defenders are turned to, turn towards him. But when you do go with the spy look, you're also taking that player out of coverage. So you, 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 you know, put yourself in a little bit of a bind on the back end because you remove that player that normally would either be dropping to a spot or accounting for something else. He's now doing nothing but mirroring the quarterback. So I think you've got, to pick, you've got to pick your spot. I was stunned, and, I'm, and I reference this because I was stunned that Alabama's game plan last week didn't resemble anything that I think suits Jalen Milrose traits. We didn't see quarterback counter, quarterback lead. Why not? Why not? Didn't see any, I have no idea. I, could, I, I, I think Texas fully anticipated having to prepare to stop quarterback run or it was going to be a long night, and Alabama didn't even challenge them. It was, I, I could not believe it. I felt like Tommy Reese developed a game plan where Ian Book was the quarterback. Right. So I saw that. Why why were you not calling quarterback runs throughout the night, knowing his skill set? Right. Or when and when you were throwing it, have some backfield action and some stuff to influence the defense in one direction and boot out the other way and get him on the perimeter as a run pass guy. And next thing you know, nothing's open. Okay, what does he do? He tucks it and he takes off. And I just that was mind boggling to me. So I I do think that LSU needs to have that in the plan because it puts so much strain on the defense. I got two minutes. Let's let's stay there. What was your takeaway from Texas Bama? Um, three things. Four actually. Ten penalties for Alabama. Two negated touchdowns. Two turnovers for Alabama, and explosive plays given up on defense. Those were the three glaring things that I think cost them the football game. But the fourth, which was the one that I think surprised people the most, is on that night. Texas was the better team up front on both sides of the ball. And that was something that you talked about this summer. Were they there? Are they there? Right. And obviously Sark and that staff, as you alluded to, had recruited well, but you weren't sure if they needed another class. And, I mean, right. Tom, in the Big 12, where they are the number one recruiter in Oklahoma, I think is in, in major transition, they have a chance. I don't, I don't know if you ever mm-hmm. coast. All right, we always think the best teams coast. Maybe Georgia does this year, but I don't know if they coast in, but it is there for them to that was a that was a playoff game, a play in game. Yeah. They should be able to take care of business, right? They should, but that's what scares me the most because the one thing Texas has done a horrible job of is handling success. Handling expectations. Yeah. They yeah. have they have not won every when when a, something this was a hurdle and it was an important one, right? But now you can't go lose to TCU. You can't go lose to Oklahoma State. That's the challenge for Sark now. We'll leave it there. Tom Luganbill on the Out of Bounds Show and the Farm Bureau Insurance Guest Line. Thanks, Luke. Appreciate it. All right, man. Take care. The Out of Bounds Show is brought to you by Southern Ag Credit. Southern Ag Credit. Financing life. Outside the city limits, powered by Southern Ag Credit. From livestock to agribusiness and land loans, Southern Ag Credit has the experience and expertise to make your dream of owning land a reality. Powered by Southern Ag Credit in Ridgeland. Mike Detillier at 830. 